welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news on Marvel films and TV shows. We've got a usual panel. We're back. It's Adam, it's Rhiannon, it's myself, Caleb. And hey guys, how was your uh, vacation? I mean, my vacation. When, I don't know if it was your vacation, but how was your time off from the pod? <laughs> Groovy. Mine was good. I had a shorter vacation than you, but I take more frequent vacations. So I've been back at it for a couple of weeks. So how was yours? Uh, it was fine. We went to my in-law's house and my parents' house, and we sat in their living rooms and did nothing and <laughs> basically socially distanced as if we were at home. And then when we got back, we have to quarantine until we get negative COVID test results. I finally got mine today, seven days after I took the test. So I've been inside for a week after my trip because I can't go out and do anything and also, what's the point of knowing who has COVID or who doesn't have COVID 10 days after it happens? You know, like, I'm starting to feel even worse because all these numbers are delayed by a week and a half now. Like, So, I don't want to hear it. No. <laughs> like, I didn't go get the test, so I uh, quarantined for two weeks. Ah. Um, my friend was just kept saying, he was just like... Go get the test, go get the test, go get the test. And I was just like, what even would I do? Like, if I could leave my apartment. It's not like New York City. I could go have dinner with a friend. I know we've talked too much about COVID in this podcast. The other thing I wanted to bring up at the beginning of the pod, because I saw you talk about Adam, the Seattle Kraken. What Hell a yeah, man! marketing job. I am so hyped for that tell me so the nhl is adding a 32nd team and it's going to be in seattle and today they announced their name is going to be the seattle kraken which i just think is awesome it's kind of modern it's not like an it's not like you know the dolphins or some like old name but it's also not too edgy you know like the color scheme is cool i like the logo it just it looks awesome all the way around it looks great. A-plus job on the brand. And that's the thing, man. You look at all these minor league teams, and they just kill it. You know, it's they definitely don't take it seriously, right? I mean, the MLB is as close to um, football, soccer, um, as we have in America, right? It's just so vanilla and, and blah when it comes to the branding. But then you get into the minor league sports, and they have, like, the yard goats or the trash pandas or what have you and this is kind of i mean seattle kraken's a lot more professional quote-unquote than the trash pandas um but it's still it's still fun it's not it's not that vanilla ice cream it's the it's the butter brickle it's the cookies and cream of the sports branding world and there's a really great logo that's like an anchor, but it's got the space needle as like the middle long part of the anchor. So it's just very identifying the city very quickly. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's fun. It's That's the biggest thing to me is it's playful, which I feel like a lot of big sports stuff isn't, you know. But I felt bad for him because they told the world they were going to launch their identity at noon today. And then the Washington football team announced their non-rebranding branding today and they just dropped it at the exact same time and if I'm in Seattle's PR department I'm like what the heck guys couldn't you give us an hour of like time before you drop that crap it's the most what do you expect from something run by Dan Snyder I mean it's just uh, whatever Washington football team of course of course. They're not renaming. They're just calling themselves the Washington football team. For this year, that's just yeah. going to be Washington now, football team. And their uniforms wow. look like Alabama's with the numbers on the helmets and stuff. Yeah, they're just stripping all the logos and word marks off and just, like, they're basically playing with the uh, generic Nike kit that you'd get if you were, like, a high school that didn't have a visual identity. They're like, oh, this is the, here's the stock jerseys that we sell. Oh, that's exciting. Well, good for the Washington football team. 
Because when you were tweeting about that, because I didn't have time to catch up because I've been buried and saved Daredevil stuff today um, and work. When you tweeted that, I was like, because it was news about Seattle and the Washington football team. So I immediately went to Washington State. Ah, yeah. And I was just like, Washington. Anyways, now it all makes sense. Thank you for explaining football to me. Yeah, no, it was just really sad that, like, a team in Seattle did excellent work and the team in Washington did nothing. But because the NFL is so popular, they just, like, totally stole their spotlight, so. Well, you gave it back to them. I just looked up the Kraken and their stuff is amazing. Like, it looks really cool. Props to them. All right, we'll get into Marvel stuff now. Uh, We did have, we are in the midst of Comic-Con. We're recording on Thursday night, so Comic-Con is going on. And um, let's talk, I guess, about New Mutants first. Uh, I watched the New Mutants panel today. If you were not watching the news uh, on Twitter, there was a video that leaked that looked like a legit Disney Plus ad saying that New Mutants was coming to Disney Plus on September 4th. Uh, That ad also seemed to include footage we hadn't seen yet from New Mutants, which made it seem legit. Some scoopers heard that it was legit. Some heard that it was not. And then today they did the panel and they still are pretending like this movie is coming out on August 28th. But it had like a little like fingers crossed thing on it, didn't it? Yeah, they were at least self-aware enough to acknowledge how ridiculous this film's history has been. But they still just did the whole thing straight up like, yeah, we're really excited about December 28th. And they gave away like... They're trying to give away a trip to go see a premiere of it or a showing of it or something. I don't. That's I, cute. I don't understand. The, so here's the problem. Does I? I'm gonna try to to speak without swearing, but this is <laughs> so damn frustrating. Let it be clear that the the scoopers who said, um the spot wasn't real was were explicitly told by disney it was fake i mean the spot had new footage in it right i mean it had the disney branding down to the typography and the gradient and and everything and it's it contributes to this whole damn fake news stuff we go to in the in the the spirit of protecting spoilers or something I don't get, Disney didn't, like, they didn't clarify, Disney explicitly said that that was fake. So if that's fake, I don't don't get it. I mean, I could go on this whole diatribe for another, a whole episode. It's just, it just pisses me off when, when Disney says something's fake when it's not. Just, we've seen it with Marvel stuff too, I mean. God bless James Gunn. He's at least somewhat candid about it and, and refused as they answer to questions if they would, they would be spoiler filled. But it's it's not fake. Don't tell it it's fake. And, and that's the other thing. I mean, it's just I understand it's. I mean, it's a complete mess and it's a complete cluster. But then they announced their. The, the release date slate at the same exact time the New Mutants panel's going on. You, you can't tell me Mulan got removed indefinitely on April 21st from its April 21st date. Um, August and 21st, New Mutants, but yeah. August 21st, right. And New Mutants is good to go on August 28th. That's like Warner Brothers removing Tenet from August 14th and putting it in theaters September 4th or whatever the hell Labor Day is. September 7th this year or something. I mean, just... I don't know, man. It, it doesn't make sense. Mulan should be a, an on-demand video or an on-demand movie. And New Mutants should be on-demand. There's... there's Right before it went on earlier, I mean, there's, there's scuttlebutt that they're um, taking Soul directly to Disney+, Plus, I guess. Um, I I don't see what the New Mutants isn't a moneymaker for them. Even even with the current political climate, I mean, there's going to be far more people going back to theaters because of Tenet versus New Mutants. 
I, I guess I don't get the the play they're trying. There's some legal language in regards to the New Mutants on streaming, but they can circumnavigate that if they charge for it, I think. I don't know. It's Well, here's the thing that's weird, though, Adam. You seem to think it is coming to Disney+. Plus. If it's coming to Disney+, Plus, why didn't they just announce it today? Like... But see, but that's the thing. I, at the same time, I mean, all virtually all of Comic-Con at home, I mean, there's some live panels. I think Joss Whedon's having a live panel, which is the worst PR decision anyone's ever made. Uh, but everything's <laughs> r- recorded, pre-recorded. Um, and I, I would guess New Mutants is kind of low on the radar considering PR departments. I don't know why. I, maybe not. I don't know, but... I mean, here's the thing. New Mutants isn't a billion dollar movie. So why not? If Marvel just needs to have it, like for legal reasons or whatever, they need to release it in theaters. Why not make this the movie they release when a third of the theaters are open? Or when theaters in Florida and wherever are open? Like, why not? Yeah, I think the thing, though, is... It's hard because you also want a movie someone wants to see, I think. Because not only is only a third of theaters open, but only like 20% of the people that would go to see it are going to like risk their life to go see it, you know? So like... But, but there's a solid chunk of the population that doesn't care. And they're going to go see whatever just to get into a theater. Yeah, I, I think... I think some of that may be oversold though. Like... My experience, I know a lot of people in, like, Texas and Alabama that have talked about opening up churches. And you would think that reopening church in Alabama would get, like, lots of people out to, like, show their rights. But even amongst, like, conservative evangelical types, they're like, yeah, we reopened and only 30% of our members showed up because the other 70% are afraid they're going to die if they come. Right. And so, like, I just don't think people are going to run out to see a movie. But, I mean, something's going to have to be that first movie that, you know, that only 30% of the people go out for. So, why not go ahead and make it New Mutants? That's how detached theaters are from the current situation. What did the NATO guys say this week? They anticipate 85% capacity, like, by the end of the year? There's no chance in hell. No way in hell though they're going to... You know, I mean, the smartest play for... I mean, you would think if they could cobble together at least some ad spend for, like, Roku and Amazon Fire and all this stuff, they could make more money selling New Mutants video on demand than they would at theaters in the current climate between now and July 2021. I mean, that's it's all dependent on... This deal, I mean, no one even knows where the hell this HBO deal came from. Every time you tweet, hashtag New Mutants, someone someone pops up in the mentions and says it's the HBO deal or something, which which makes sense, I guess, because of Dark Phoenix or something. Um, yeah, but I think studios are going to be smart with each other. Because if HBO or Warner Brothers is going to be a stickler about that, you know, the, like, the way these streaming services are lining up, I think... Every studio wants as much flexibility as possible. So I would think, you know, you scratch Disney's back, maybe they'll scratch yours down the road with something. You know, like, I don't think it's a wise deal to be super anal about those rules. I mean, eventually we're going to have to... Okay, now this is coming from someone who who's lived in Iowa three quarters of his life, where theaters... Um, you know, don't have reserved seating or what have you. They do have seats, um, you know, but I mean, we're going to have to have a serious talk at some time. I'm not saying the theater industry is dead, but um, with people not wearing masks in Iowa, like hell, will I be going to a movie theater before there's a vaccine or something, right? I mean, what 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 are theaters doing to innovate and... and and keep moving forward. You know, here we got a Wonka machine, but that's not enough to keep me going back to movies. I mean, oh, sweet, we got recliners. I have a recliner at my house. I can watch movies on demand, right? I'm not going to say 
to bury the whole theater industry, but how how are they going to get movie theaters back and, and consumer confidence back? You know, I mean, it's it, the way the way streaming's evolving. You know, if we we talk and joke about network TV being dead, I mean. When when do we start having the conversation about movie theaters? Well, it is a weird thing where it seems like the studios right now are trying to help the theaters out by like not putting out movies other ways. But at some point, you'd think the studios get desperate and they put out Mulan onto Disney Plus or they create a video on demand format. And, you know, if that really takes off, I, I just it's hard to stuff that back in the box. Like you said, there's cheaper popcorn and more comfortable furniture at your house than there is at a movie theater, and it's well. It, but it's, it's that I think one of you two said that earlier. You know, New Mutants on video on demand. One hundred percent of people who want to watch that are going to buy it when they can. Whereas if it's a theatrical release, how many people who actually want to see it are going to go out when they can? You might there might be some overhang with people who want to go to the movies to see something new that hadn't planned on seeing New Mutants. But you would think that's that's a much much smaller number than what they they would get theatrically. And I mean, with Mulan, we were hearing kind of mixed reports about Mulan, right? And there was how it wasn't a carbon copy remake of the cartoon and such. I mean, why why wouldn't I don't know, man? You know, that's the thing. No one no one knows what the hell's going on. Right. So I do feel kind of like an ass critiquing Disney for for doing this but the the worst thing about it all i think new mutants looks halfway good like i haven't hated anything i've seen from it right like i'm getting kind of excited about it yeah did you either of you watch the panel today i did not know they showed like the first i don't know i'm bad at judging this but like the first two or three minutes of it i think like there's just a a brief uh it looks like sort of like an intro scene. It's not really an action scene. It's just like Danny Moonstar running from the demon bear through the woods. It did. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was. It was fine. It does look like something I'm more and more interested in the more I see of it. But right, and then those uh, stills that were in that FX movie or magazine months ago. We're getting demon bear. We're getting ma- like a comic accurate magic it with limbo. I mean. I mean, it's looking pretty killer from what I've seen. They did show off some of her, like, uh, I don't know, like the bio armor or whatever she kind of has, you know, like forming on her arm and her with the sword and her fighting demon bear. It it looked fine. I just, I'm very confused by what Disney's doing. You go to the effort to have a panel. Nobody would have thought about it any which way if you hadn't. But you go to the effort to do the panel. You get all these actors to show up and ask the same five questions that they've been asked for two years now on this movie and there's all this excitement about you dropping on disney plus and then you go nope it's gonna come out august 28th well you know it's not coming out august 28th disney don't lie to me and so like why you do a panel to promote a date you're pretty sure isn't gonna happen but then on the flip side like if they really are gonna do disney plus why you wouldn't just say that and i know people said well it was revealed you know it was filmed ahead of time I mean, it's easy to throw something at the end, you know, like get the guy who hosted the panel to throw the same shirt on and do another Zoom call where he says, oh, by the way, we're giving it to you on Disney Plus September 4th. Like this panel seemed totally purposeless. It really seemed like they were promoting a date they have to know isn't going to happen. And I don't get it. Speaking of panels that uh, sound purposeless, boy, are you in store for more? (laughs) Why is that? I've just seen a couple of them. Oh, yeah. Dude, I've recorded one, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, Rhiannon, talk about the Save Daredevil stuff. It'll be stuff that's available on YouTube by the time this comes out. Yeah, I guess by the time. Well, if anybody, like if any of our uh, Patreons are listening to this early. um, But yeah, so the Save Daredevil crew, um, we've already released when we recorded this. um, We had Deborah M. Wall. Uh, and we had Jeffrey Cantor who played Ellison in Daredevil. And the concept that they went with is it's like a one-on-one. They interview each other um, so that they feel far more comfortable. And it's 
awesome. Like I, I watched that today when it premiered. Um, later on in the weekend, there'll be, I mean, and they had a Q and a with, um, Chris Brewster, who we've had on the show, the stuntman. Brewski. Brewski. And, um, sorry, there's like sirens that sound like they're right outside my window. Um, tomorrow, which is Friday, so this will be coming out, uh, I don't know, they have a bunch of cast panels with, uh, like, Amy Rutberg that played Marcy, Peter Shinkoda that played Nobu, um, Josie, um, Susan, I can't remember her last name right now, that plays Josie, um, so we have that. The biggest one, there's a big one, um, is Eric Olison, the showrunner from season three, and Stephen Denight, the showrunner from season one, and I haven't watched this full interview, but I have heard some of the stuff that is in it. And it is stuff that if this was a legit Comic-Con panel, and this was just the two of them talking to each other and it wasn't live. We had, yeah, we went back to them later. and was like, do you want us to edit this out? But they shared stuff that like, if this had been a legit Comic-Con panel, they would have started off with, don't ask them, you know, they can't talk about this. Like they share stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's fair to say if you're on Patreon, definitely try to watch it. And if you're watching, if you're listening later when we publish this episode, I'd say go back and listen to it. But I'm guessing you've probably already heard some of the things in other formats. Because I mean, I, I mean, I, I think, I think Adam, somebody at Comic Book is going to write an article about this, but maybe not. Maybe there's too much news this weekend and they won't make it until later. But uh, yeah, they're totally going to tell us what's happening and what what would have happened in season four. Which opens up a whole other can of worms that I don't want to poo-poo on right at the Yeah, moment. I mean, there's, there's all <laughs> kinds of worms to be opened from that, but right. it's just one of those, like, uh, do NDAs with companies that don't even matter still count type things. Right. Which apparently not, because uh, I'm going to butcher his... Who's Kevin, Kevin Beagle, right? I don't know if that's his name Yeah, or not. yeah. He's opening up on New Warriors a bunch. Um, we should oh. probably try to get him on this. I think he probably would. That'd be awesome. Um, but, so, from a branding and uh, professional standpoint, I mean, this saved Daredevil group, holy shit. They knock it out of the park with the the business cards and the logos and the art. And I've heard stuff about the video packaging. It's so GD nuts. The 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 San Diego stuff I've seen, man, they they get these moderators from some big site besides comicbook.com since they didn't ask any of us to participate. And they don't have interest in in it man like jeepers crowd like if you're gonna have a panel at least um have someone that has a rough knowledge of what the hell's going on like um for example how to say the main character's name i'm not gonna say any names of what panel um (laughs) but kudos to save daredevil i felt that way a bit with new mutants today like the guy who was doing it was not famous. He's like, hey, guys, it's so-and-so. And we're like, oh, who's that? And I was like, Where, how do you get this gig? Like, why don't I have this gig? This guy clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Sorry, Anna. I think this goes back to, like, what we were saying is, like, these gigs are not that hard to get. Like, I mean, if you just, like, you just have to find the right person and do it. Um, but on that note, so, like, the last panel that we'll be releasing is um, it, it's the Save Daredevil crew. It's the people behind the scenes. And I'm technically, like, moderating it. And it's sort of the panel. We've we've pitched this panel to New York Comic Con in the past that we would like to do at cons. So if any of our Marvel News Desk listeners, like, see it and they like it or they just in general want to point, like, these cons, whenever these cons are like, what kind of panels do you want to see? If you want to, like, give us, you know, throw, throw a word in for us. Uh, we would like to do that type of panel at the big cons. Um, but yeah, the crew behind the scenes at Save Daredevil, I mean, oh my god, watching this all happen, I have some pieces I'm in charge of that I'm probably going to completely drop the ball on, but these folks are amazing, and they have put together some amazing videos. 
Um, and you should go check them out because they'll be available afterwards. They're just like premiering them at specific times. So go and check them out and uh, lots of fun. Uh, let me hit one more kind of newsy thing. Uh, I watched today the Marvel 616 panel. I don't know if you guys saw the like trailer for it or whatever. Uh, but it's very interesting. It's going to be a new show on Disney+. Plus. It's like a series of documentaries. And it's kind of uh, the story behind Marvel Comics. Uh, one of the episodes they kind of showed parts of was they're going to do a whole episode about sort of uh, inclusion in Marvel and kind of bringing in more female writers and artists. And there's going to be some about the history of Miss Marvel and how she came into existence. And they have different... Um, documentary kind of filmmakers that took different uh like uh viewpoints to talk about just different stories about kind of behind the scenes at marvel i guess they actually let them do filming in the bullpen which i guess doesn't happen too awful much for people to actually be at marvel headquarters to record stuff so uh, it looks it looks like a good show to me i think i'm gonna enjoy it it's the kind of stuff that i think disney plus should have where we get to see more about you know how things get made so that's different than the Joe Cosado storyboards show? Yes. Because yeah. I know there was a panel for that, too. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that one at all. He, yeah, I haven't uh, yet, but it's on my list. Um, I think... Was storyboard supposed to be on Disney Plus? I had heard it was going to be Disney Plus sometime, but it got bounced to YouTube for, for some reasons. Or is it still on Disney Plus? I can look it up. Maybe I just said something I wasn't supposed to say. <laughs> if you did, I'll take it out. Because it has like this huge State Farm logo, I noticed. So I'm like, oh, that's totally a YouTube thing. Yeah, no, it's going to be a YouTube show. Yeah, so I think it was supposed to be. Well, you would think. I don't know, I could be misspeaking. I think they're both made by Marvel New Media. New Media, right. So I'm sure they're just working stuff and then you know they're like they're shopping it around and they're hoping that you know disney plus will buy and if they don't they'll just put it to youtube you know so apparently marvel new media is uh fine and dandy without overlord kevin feige's touch it's without it's not within feige's grasp or something that's a good question is new media still under ike since it's unscripted that's a good question. Nonfiction stuff? There's a significant article on it on Wikipedia. I'm actually kind of surprised. But they run a lot of stuff. They do their all their like social media stuff, so Earth's Mightiest Show, Marvel Live, the Marvel Top Ten. They're the ones that did Hero Project for Disney Plus. Six one six is gonna be on Disney Plus. Uh you're yeah, by the way, you mentioned storyboards. Wikipedia says that storyboards is for Disney Plus, but apparently it's going to YouTube now, so also, oh, it is public info. Why wouldn't they put that on Disney Plus? Eh, anyway, whatever. whatever. It does seem dumb. What's it cost Disney? You know, like a little server mm-hmm. space. Like I don't understand. But yeah. Uh, but anyways, I thought it looked cool. Um, you know, I just I enjoy any extra little Marvel content that way. So, dude, if it has a Marvel logo on it, I'm to the point just. Give it to me, I'll watch it. I think this is the first time we've done a podcast in the Well, no, I mean, like, you guys have caught me in the middle of Comic-Con, but I think we're catching Adam in the middle of Comic-Con right now. Yeah. (laughs) It's so... As a journalist trying to cover everything. it's just so GD exhausting. Content! Y'all need content, apparently. You all... You guys won't stop reading our shit, so we have to keep writing it. (laughs) Isaac Perlmutter is the, uh, the current chairman of Marvel New Media. That explains why there's probably not a Black Panther episode. Uh, no, there's going to be... Uh, there was an interview in Marvel 616. They sit down with uh, Reginald Hudland, is that right? Hudland, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They did a face-to-face interview with him about Black Panther, and he talks about he, how he wanted Black Panther to be like an NWA, or uh, I think he said NWA. It may have been one of the other rap groups from the like 80s. But I think he said he. I want. I wanted. To, I wanted Black Panther to be like an NWA comic book, and so with a very heavy political edge. So he wasn't. I don't know. Ike probably doesn't care as long as it makes him money. 
uh, I don't have any other news to talk about. I mean, there's no point in talking about filming or release dates because as of yet, I still haven't heard Falcon Winter Soldier or Vision and or WandaVision. I don't think either of them are filming again. They're supposed to in July. July is almost over. Um, people are trying to ask about release dates. As Adam said, Mulan just has been suspended indefinitely. They're talking about Soul not even getting a release in theaters and just going straight to Disney+. Plus. At this point, we will know something whenever Marvel wants to tell us. And not any sooner. Yeah, I think somebody said they saw Shang-Chi stunt double heading back to Australia. Yeah, there's been lots of rumblings. But I feel like for two weeks I've been hearing, oh, so-and-so's back in Sydney, or it's going to happen now. And then, you know, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. I have gotten two, uh... Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> Never <laughs> mind. Let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think there's been, this seemed yeah. impossible to me, four episodes since we were last together? Three. Uh, no, it was the first week of my trip, the second week of my trip, last week, and this week. Uh-oh, because I only watched three. No. Are you yeah. sure it's four? Because it's the, the, going backwards, it's the time loop. It's yeah. the... Um, Mac episode, 80s episode. Yeah, the 80s. No, there's one in between those, though. There was... Yeah, there's there's the 80s episode, there's the time loop, and there's um, the clo- uh, Daisy's family. Yeah, af- going uh, back yeah, to Afterlife. Yeah, that was with Jay And then the last time we did it, it we, there was still some of the... Um, still some of the 70s stuff to finish. Like, Quake was still captured last time we talked. Okay. Oh, Gee, so it's like, been a minute. So it's a lot to digest. Um, I don't, I mean, let's start with the 80s episode, because here's the thing. We could talk about some of these episodes. I don't really care about going back to Afterlife. I found that to be quite a snooze. I did not, yeah, that did not do anything for me. And I know there was, like, the working through yo-yos. I, I don't know. The little, like, yo-yo soul fest, solve it. I... Yeah, it did nothing for me. I think my biggest problem with it was um, I love superpowers that have a quirk. So, like, the idea, like, Nico can, can cast spells, but she can't cast the same one twice. Or, like, uh, we're Reader from Inhumans. Like, he has three reads a day, and they get, like, gradually less potent, and then he has to sleep. Like, I love rule Like, powers have very specific rules. And so when they were like, oh, well, we'll just make it so Yo-Yo doesn't have to return to where she goes. I'm like, no, that's what makes her cool. The fact that she's a speedster that has to go back makes her so much more interesting than if she's just Quicksilver, you know? They never had explained that until now, did they? Yeah, I always thought it was just that she did go back. Yeah. I didn't know she had to. I don't think they explicitly stated I mean, it makes sense with Yo-Yo, and, you know, that's the powers in the comics, but I don't think they explained it till now. They probably did. I mean, psh, sure. She probably talked about it with Joey Gutierrez before he randomly disappeared off the show. They're going to find that dude in a closet somewhere on a Quinjet, and he's just going to be like, I got locked in here three years ago. I've been eating rats to try to survive. <sighs> Okay, so they got out of the 50s, Malik got powers, Daisy and Sousa got three different shipping names. Yeah, that happened too. I mean, look at that. We didn't want it to, or we talked about it, or like, ah, Daisy doesn't need no man, and they gave her a man. It brings back the whole, is it creepy for a guy your grandparents' age to be with someone Chloe Bennett's age? If he's displaced by time travel conversation. Right. I don't know. It was very interesting because um, I, I actually, I even watched like a cast, like they did a live stream, the whole cast, and they were talking about it. And they were like, oh, and it, you know, it took so long for it to happen. And Chloe Bennett herself was like, nah, dude, we had like three scenes together and then we kissed. Like, <laughs> she was like, we really didn't have that many scenes together. <laughs> like... So it kind of did move fast, but I am not going to get in the way of that ship. Like, we, 
yeah, yeah. That ship has some very quickly was built and is full of people. Yeah. So I'd love to go back for a minute to that 80s Mac and Deke episode because I thought it was delightfully weird. Like the totally unnecessary bloody violence that just like randomly came in, the like weird robots, um, a almost entire musical number with Deke, you know, singing. I just, to me, that was the kind of delightful thing that S.H.I.E.L.D. should be. Instead of being a generic superhero show, like, to me, that is the kind of episode I want to see more and more. If you like that, you would love Legends of Tomorrow. Just saying. But okay. Yeah, that's probably my favorite, uh, it's probably my favorite episode of the season that 80s one was. I liked the most recent one, but... That's what, that's what everyone's saying. I don't... Mm. Yeah, the time loop. Well, what, so what I liked about, about the time loop episode, like I can speak, the time loop episode is that that episode was about the main cast and the main cast only. It was about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There were no other characters involved. There was no... Like, it was about them surviving and dealing with themselves to survive. And it was just refreshing. And it had all of them sort of yo-yo, like, was locked in a closet. But it had everybody somewhat there and they all had a role to play i liked it oh except for fitz wherever he is still no fits this is it boggles my mind i thought he was gonna pop up um is he dead do you think he's dead and Gemma killed him and that's why she started sobbing maybe maybe it's to protect her and not him Maybe it's that, like, she would never go on if she remembered that Fitz was dead. See, because that's what we're going to have to do, or we're going to get a flashback where Fitz put the implant in and somehow he made the implant tell her to kill him or something like that, and that's going to be the, the most heartbreaking scene or whatever. I don't know. If they don't end up happily ever after, I'm going to be kind of ticked. Right? Seven seasons of this? Yeah. But what else could have made her react that way? I don't even know at this point. Like, what does she know or not know? Do they come from the future, I think? Like, maybe it's whatever, um... Whatever Enix saw. Like, however Daisy gets split up from the team or whatever. Okay, I do have one time loop issue with the Enoch thing. If he has seen the future and he knows how everybody's, like, life turns out, uh, didn't he know he needed to sacrifice himself? Yeah, I took that not as, like, he actually has seen the future, as, like, some weird metaphysical, spiritual thing that happens as he's dying. I hate time arc things, man. This is the second time Enoch has sacrificed his life to save them, right? Doesn't he blow yeah. himself up in the future? In the, uh... Oh, that's right, yeah. In the episode that where they, like, got Flint to recreate the... The monoliths. The monoliths to send him back to the past. Yep. That's, I mean, the redundancy of some of the things on this show. You know. But, like, so he's been on Earth for thousands of years, right? So the next time jump, there still should be an Enoch there, though, right? Yes, there should be. Maybe. I don't know. I've already forgotten the S.H.I.E.L.D. rules of time travel. So, No, what I really liked about this week is I love when a show gives us a unique scenario that has defined rules. And there's, like, rules that are in their favor and rules that are out of their favor. And then they have to, like, solve the problem within those rules. Like I've said before, that's why I love Doctor Strange. It's like... In that movie, there was rules to what Doctor Strange can and cannot do with magic. So it wasn't just like, oh, he's in trouble. Oh, here's a new spell that we've never heard of that fixes everything. And I loved in this episode that there were rules to the time loops. They were moving forward. They're getting closer and closer to the, you know, the vortex. Every time Daisy dies, she loses information. Her and Coulson can keep information. And it becomes like a puzzle of how do you figure this out? And my brain very much enjoys 
a plot that has that kind of weird, intricate setup. And I thought that was really fun. Though, I have to say, when they filmed this like a year ago, they uh, probably didn't know that Palm Springs was coming out the same week. Right. Have any of you had a chance to watch that? Uh-uh. It's, it's, it's got like a Groundhog Day kind of thing to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a time loop movie. It's also, um, Redacted Show has a strikingly similar yeah. plot to... That makes that makes no sense to everyone, but it will fine, someday. Whatever. It will just... someday. You'll know. You guys know what show I just watched. I, I, I have a guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I did like the way that it moved to different. Like, it had an emotional range. Like there were serious parts of it. There were parts that were just really kind of goofy and funny. Um. I, I enjoyed that it turned into a murder mystery like in the middle of the show. I didn't see that happening, so that was fun. Yeah, I, I, yeah that was interesting. The, uh, I can't feel for Coulson anymore. No matter what he said, I just can't. Well, I mean, he's a robot. Right. I, mean, I feel very robotic about him. I... I mean, I think, I think Coulson is very much like... Accurate. I, I I would think that somebody that's been through what he's been through, I like the attitude that he's coming out with, which is just like, f all of this, f this, and f this. <laughs> just like, yeah, I I I I like the Colson of now, but um, like yeah, I'm with you, Adam. Like if Colson died again, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if in the last what we have three four episodes. Coulson just like sacrifices himself over and over and we just stop caring I do kind of like that philosophical thing about like living forever might not be as cool as you think it would be it it was for me I just watched Old Guard in the last week on Netflix and there's a lot of stuff in there about like if you couldn't die I mean that that gets real grim about like depending on how someone wanted to torture you like how terrible it might be to actually not be able to die. And so I, I, that movie was reverberating in my head when he was like, no, I don't want to sit around and watch everybody I know die and then make a new group of friends and watch all of them die. You know, that's not, nobody wants to do that. You guys did not read Anne Rice vampire novels. I mean, that's kind of like the whole thing. Old I don't Garden. know who Anne Rice is. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Anne Rice? I don't even know who that is. Oh my god, you're too young for like Vampire Lestat. Interview with a Vampire. I I remember ads for Interview with a a Vampire when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, it's like it's it's the Brad Brad Pitt, right? Yeah. In a somewhat romantic, you know, it was like racy at the time because like there's like homosexual undertones um but yeah i mean but that's a vampire trope the like you know living forever it's kind of awful you know how do you off yourself um but anyways side note on the old guard cinema joe's podcast had me on their podcast to talk about that movie so shout out to them um you can go and listen to it and hear my thoughts on the old guard netflix is dumping silly cash into movies now they just picked up another one this can be a good little side bar to talk about we keep hearing that disney can't release black widow on disney plus because they have to make back their money in box office on a what 150 million dollar budget have we heard an official budget on black widow i would guess somewhere around there but netflix is gonna drop 200 million dollars on a Chris Evans, Jake Gyllenhaal like Bond for the Ryan 21st Gosling. century movie. Ryan, yeah. Oh, Ryan Gosling. I'm sorry. It's one of those people. <laughs> it's one of those people. Attracted. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, their faces blend together for me, but um, okay, if Netflix can do that, if Netflix can make money on a movie that expensive, why can't Disney do a video on demand release of Black Widow? I don't understand. But that's always been the Netflix MO. The Netflix MO has always been that they go deep in depth for these show pieces. 
and hope that they gain new subscribers from that and that they go on. I imagine the thing, Netflix doesn't have an arm that makes box office money. They don't, you know, they, they've released a couple things to the to theaters just to make them Oscar worthy. But I, I mean, it's just not Disney's business model. It's Netflix's business model. And Netflix has never also has also never made a profit. Right. And I'm not saying Disney should do it forever. I'm saying for the next nine to 18 months until we figure out how to live with this virus, maybe it should be Disney's business model for a little while. You know, like even if it helps them kick the can down the road by keeping investors happy by the allure of Disney plus subscribers. But yeah. And then there's, there's so many things, so many variables. I mean, Netflix is what 50 times the size of Disney plus a hundred times the size of Disney plus with subscribers. That's probably way overhead. I mean, it's yeah, not it's, comparable. That's way over. I'll look it up. It's it's still not comparable. But it's also, but there's also the politics of the theater owners. The theater right, right, right. Disney, Disney has all of those contracts with them. It's so complicated and legally tied up. Right. Whereas Netflix doesn't have those relationships and those those tie up issues. So Adam, to give you a sense. Disney Plus, I saw the other day, has about 55 million subscribers now. Okay. Netflix has about 182. Really? So it's still yeah, double, so but Netflix is also double the price. If not that's more. That's true. Did Disney make their 74 million on Hamilton? That's a good question. I know they got a ton. I was shocked how many of my friends were like, yeah, I've got Disney Plus now. <laughs> Yeah, I love we it. We haven't talked about that, have we? Adam, did you watch your first musical? Mm, kind of, sort of. You watched the first two-thirds of a musical? Yeah, that's exactly what happened, yeah. That's <laughs> wait, exactly wait, it. Did you make it past intermission? Mm, I don't remember. That was a month ago. Do you remember? I might have not even watched that. Do you remember Cabinet Rap Battles? I don't remember any. A lot of people, a lot of people that I know that are like mad about musicals. Like when I got to the cabinet rap battles, they were like, "This yeah. is awesome." Did you see? Um, uh, I forget the name of the actor, but uh, did you see the guy become Thomas Jefferson? You guys what? are asking me all a bunch of questions I didn't know when I was watching it. That you watched like <laughs> weeks ago. So um, uh, I don't. I can't remember. I don't think I made it to intermission, so I don't even think I got halfway through. Yeah, but I remember watching the end. I don't remember, guys. I don't. Fall asleep. Probably, yeah. I liked it, so I enjoy. It. I it's just not my cup of tea. I liked it. David Diggs is amazing in everything he does. Well, that's because yeah, he's through the rap battles. His uh, first one I really, really enjoyed. I don't know what it was called. Well, so what's interesting with with Diggs is he plays two characters. So he's the Marquis Lafayette in the beginning and then he becomes Thomas Jefferson in the back half. Did I give the wrong name there? No. Um, yeah. I think just, how do you say Marquette Lafayette without going Lafayette? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So he's Lafayette in the beginning and then he's Thomas Jefferson in the second half and it's two different characters and his Jefferson, I mean, Lafayette's my favorite rapping part in the show just because it's got like that French style and is like rapid pace. But, um, his Jefferson is hilarious. I mean, it's so good. And it also is kind of interesting to take someone who many people consider a great founding father and just totally drag him for a half hour about what a terrible person he was. Adam's tuned out already. Yeah. He's no, like, I'm just saying it's not my, it's it. I enjoyed it. I would have been upset if I spent hundreds and waited in line for a week for a ticket. Um, Caleb, we'll do the Hamilton news desk sometime when Adam's over. Hamilton news. So let me ask this, Adam. Do you think you would have liked a musical with a different musical style? Or you just think the whole breaking into this song and dance thing is just not your gig? Uh, it wasn't the it wasn't the type of music. That's I mean, I listen yeah. to rap and hip hop and I was about to say, I, I think if you don't go for Hamilton, like the sound of music isn't gonna win you over. Right, right, right. 
I don't know. I just thought it's, I still think it's kind of, I, I don't, yeah, it was corny-ish. I don't know what it is. I don't. Yeah. So it's like I studied these guys in school and now they're rapping about, it sounds like, it's like some, uh, what's, we're making a bill. What's that song? Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. It's like modern schoolhouse rock. But yeah, slightly So Lindsay Ellis, I don't know if you guys know her. She's a YouTuber, just wrote a book. She does a lot of good stuff on musicals. It's like uh like film analysis on musicals. And the thing she points out is um I always forget exactly the words for it. There's fancy words for this, but there's kinds of plays where um, you sort of have... Uh, there's different kinds of musicals. And in some of them, you have to, like, have... You have to suspend disbelief. Like, you know that real people wouldn't sing in that situation. Like, you know that Thomas Jefferson didn't actually rap battle in the cabinet meeting. And some people's brains can just let that go and go, oh, that's just... That's one of the conventions of this genre, and I'm fine with that. Let's just go with it. And there's other people who cannot get past it. They're like, but why are they rapping? You know, like they know why they're rapping, but they just can't have a hard time enjoying it because it's like outside of reality. You know, I think I would enjoy the Lion King or something. It's a good show. Yeah. Rihanna, what's your favorite musical? We're just totally off topic at this point. Yeah, we're totally off. Uh, Hamilton. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's another part of it too. Just the overwhelming there's never been anything like it, right? There's right. the hype and the excitement and the tickets and the news coverage. And... So what I like about Hamilton is one, I can understand every word they're saying, um, which is what, like my 90 year old grandmother was like, die, like she's so excited to finally see it, like, because she can understand every word they're saying. I like that the, um, I like that it's all sung, like the, absolute whole show is sung there is no stopping to talk and then breaking into song i like the big ensemble dance numbers the the dancing in the show is amazing um and like even stuff i mean like even just seeing the way they cut it for disney plus like there is still a show to be seen if you go and see it on broadway when that can be done again um there's there's so much more to like the cast dancing all around and everything um i i mean like as far as like musicals like i grew up loving like annie and sound of music and stuff because i'm a girl like i i enjoyed all of that when it comes to disney musicals moana mm -hmm. is my favorite uh but as far as like plays theaters musicals on broadway hamilton's my favorite so Adam, in response to what you asked a minute ago, I think I think when Phantom of the Opera came out, it was a somewhat similar cultural phenomenon as far as ticket sales and success and how much it was in the public eye. So I don't think Hamilton is completely unique. I think there's been big Broadway shows before, you know. My favorite show is Les Mis. And I... You haven't seen... Rhiannon. I, I have seen no variations of Les Mis and um, and every time I get to write that wrong my friends can't agree on which variation I should start with uh, so I haven't seen it well alright that's my musical corner is there anything else we want to talk about with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before we wrap up no just that I'm liking it a lot hell of a lot better than season 6 Elizabeth Henstridge did this like live, like the whole cast got on Zoom and chatted the whole time. And if you're really, if you're a really big Agents of Shield fan, I highly recommend checking that out. This was Elizabeth Henstridge's directorial debut. Yeah. The the time loop episode, um, and they all got on there and talked talk. And the most hilarious part of this, because they were it was like an hour, like they were on this Zoom while the episode was airing. But the most hilarious thing about this is Clark Gregg and his wife have divorced but they're still living together so throughout this one hour zoom like clark start, starts off like on the couch in the living room and then like you don't see why or anything but he like moves outside and then like eventually he ends up in the basement and it's that he's still living with his ex-wife and um 
and just like she keeps making him relocate anyways like finally it looks like he's in like a prison cell just like oh, light bulb on him and he's like oh. i don't really live here anymore <laughs> and it's just hilarious for that i do wonder if episodes like this are to help with budget to some degree too as much as i loved it they also had to build zero sets for this no locations you know like well but they talked about it in that episode i mean in that zoom is like it was a technically like the fact that like the sparks flew like they had the little explosion and things in every time loop and they had to be exactly the same that it was like a very technical episode yeah. and that that little pod that that daisy was coming out of at the beginning of every time loop actually broke about halfway through and they had to like wait and get it fixed and everything um to move through all of you know, to do all that so it was very technical but yeah the soundstage a very simple not a lot of travel involved in this episode yeah so I think the thing that's been most refreshing about this season, we talked years ago about how it was nice to have pods that like went from like one kind of feel to another. This season, it's like every episode is kind of its own pod. And I think the disappointing ones are just kind of like an average Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. But when you look at just like, uh, even if you just compare the black and white like detective episode and then the Mac and Deke excellent adventure episode, and then the time loop episode, those are three completely different tonally fascinating shows that are all within about five episodes of each other, and that's interesting. You know, that keeps that keeps people coming back after you've already done seven seasons, and, you know, people are getting tired of the concept. Are we done with Chronicoms now? Like, they kind of still exist, like the framework, or like Ultron or something? No, the evil one is the whole reason Malik is still there. Yeah, remember she got All right, out. Sybil, yeah. Yeah, 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 Sybil. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> okay. I keep waiting for uh, Dr. Jekyll to show back up. Right? I think that would be that would be kind of fun at this point. Yeah. Still no Grant Ward. Shocking. Oh, that's got to happen. He, he is going to be, uh, what is it, Nathaniel? Is that the kid's name? Yeah. It is going to be his kid or something. It would be interesting if uh, I could totally see him do a thing where this Nathaniel Malik gets like, is about to take over. And then all of a sudden he's shot out of nowhere. And it's Ward shooting the kid on behalf of his brother. Oh, you know, like Gideon. Right. Gideon gets Ward to shoot his brother because he's gotten out of control. Well, we can't have Gideon anymore. Well, we can have young Gideon. Is that what you meant? Oh. Or old Gideon, for that matter. I mean, as long as they just don't go too far in the future. Old Gideon's dead, though. Like, the actor's dead. Oh, right. I didn't know yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, okay. no, like, yeah, Powers Booth passed away. Oh, okay. So Sorry, we could, I mean, <laughs> so, so we could have. I feel so bad for laughing now. So we, I mean, we could have a different Gideon Malik, multiversal Gideon Malik. Zero, zero connection to the MCU though, right? Besides the obvious Agents of Shield. They didn't. Did they say Inhumans in the Jaying episode, Afterlife episode at all? I don't remember. Or they didn't even mention Terrigen or anything. They called it the Mists. They had the Terrigen Crystal. That no, was, that, that was, was the, the uh, diviner. diviner. Oh. Yeah, but the Diviner's got Terrigen inside it, right? Mm. I think so. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., cool. Fun, fun. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, uh, let's do mailbag real quick. I, uh, I We've had Twitter notifications forever, and I haven't looked at them, so... Uh, let's see... Uh, yeah, the Cinema Joe's there. Uh, 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 someone asked when we're coming back. We're back now. Yay. Uh, yeah, nothing interesting. Okay. Uh, let's go over to the website. 
You guys gonna stay up to watch uh, to listen to Taylor Swift's new album? No plans to nah. Midnight. I'll listen to it in the morning. So talking about Disney Plus, we've talked about like Disney Plus content and what kind of like R rated or not R rated. I'm really interested to see what this Beyonce album's like. Either Beyonce is significantly changing her language use on this new album that she's this visual album she's dropping on Disney Plus. Or Disney Plus is going to let her put stuff on there that I would not think they'd let her put on there. Right? I don't think she's used questionable language before. Well, not questionable is the wrong or profane. Uh, I'm Profanity. sure like, I'd have to look at the lyrics. I think Lemonade's got F-bombs on it. Oh, she can have one F-bomb, though. <laughs> she can have one. Right? That's true. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to bring that back Anyways, up. I just, it'll be interesting. Like, Beyonce does not strike me as, I, I enjoy oh, her oh, work, oh, but she doesn't strike oh, oh, oh. me as, like, a safe, you know, artist to put on Disney+. Plus. That's all. Uh, Spider-Man 3 got delayed. Oh, boy. From 11-5-2021 to 12-17-2021. Oh, so they're just taking it from November to December? They're bumping, yeah, Avatar 2 date. My birthday week, hell yeah, let's party. So, Beyonce's Lemonade album has eight F-bombs on it. Including back-to-back lines, when he does me good, I take his butt to Red Lobster. Don't remember that line, but okay. Hell Yeah. Also, eight F-bombs, the amount I say in about half an hour when I'm not on the Marvel <laughs> News Desk. Oh, I was looking at mail. That's what I was doing. Caleb, you shared that post this week, and I I dropped, my jaw dropped so much. <laughs> I said, what the I didn't the even heck? notice it until after. I figured that much. I'm like, oh, he skipped that. No, He's... the post was all about people who don't take the cart back at the grocery store. Oh, jeez. Which deserves an F bomb. <laughs> Just well you deserved. Know, we, George Costanza, man. We live <laughs> in a society. Oh. Uh, uh, so, Preto, we were talking last time about uh, the 70s intro and how they like. Uh, about how intros on TV shows have changed. And he was mentioning that occasionally shows still do. Um, uh, narrative intros if they're very complicated. He said I, Zombie and Person of Interest are uh, two uh, two shows in the last decade that have still used like narrative intros in their theme songs. So, And after 20 years, L- uh, Law & Order SVU still begins with the narrator telling the audience about what the special unit is dedicated to. That's a sad show. I can't watch that stuff, man. It is sad. But it's surprisingly Benjamin. <laughs> really? <laughs> is yeah. that why you want to interview D'Onofrio? To talk about SVU? Yeah, Criminal Intent. That's all we're... He was on Criminal Intent. That's what... He's a pretty cool guy, by the way. Yeah? Yeah, are y'all besties now? We are. He retweeted one of my tweets. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, he retweeted me. Nothing to do with him or Daredevil. So we're practically best friends. You oh, did you guys see Rosenberg's on Amazing Spider-Man now? Good for him. Sorry, that was just oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend of the show. Amazing Spider-Man, though. Good for him. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's a... I don't know if these guys think about it this way, but, like, to me, there's books whose titles are just, like, heavy. To do Uncanny X-Men, oh, yeah. X-Men and Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. like, those are two of the big, big titles. Ryan, it's right like riding Batman or Action Comics. Yeah. You know, it's can't get you can't get bigger than that. Uh, so. Love Waffle on the website. Uh, the alternate timeline shenanigans of AO uh, of Agents of Shield are starting to get frustrating. You know, they're not going to change the status quo of the larger universe. It's not part of. So the only way out of this is to somehow undo the events of this season at least, and the whole thing just ends like Legion did, which would be very frustrating. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was, that's that. All right. 
All right, uh, that'll do it for the show. Thanks for support uh, the Patreons who support us and keep everything going. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for telling your friends. Definitely go check out Save Daredevil's Save Daredevil Comic Con uh, events this weekend, and go back and watch them if you haven't. They've got some amazing stuff lined up, and Ariane's excited about that. Uh, check out Adam's comic book, which is coming out very soon. Hopefully, I mean you can't quite get it yet. Did you hear well, news? You're, I you're didn't. Building up to it, right? You're, you're. Uh, December. December okay. There's, there's an ash can floating out there. Some places, if you want to find it. There is. Yeah, yeah. It's in the. Okay, I know. I gotta send you your it. Now I'm home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do that. You do. You do. That's certainly not family friendly, and it has more than eight <laughs> F-bombs. I, I, I'm, I'm aware. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it on the shelf with like. Why the Last Man and Saga and you know Watchmen or whatever? There's there's actually not that much swearing, but thanks for yeah. the promo, man. Yeah, go to uh, scoutcomics.com. It'll be on there. But Scout Comics also has very very good indie books too. If you're looking for indie stuff. Oh. Um, Speaking of, I'm sorry. This is totally off topic. Black Hammer. I finally got into it. It's so freaking good. Isn't it, yeah, yeah. It, yes, it's very good. How far are you so into it? I've read that first like thirteen issues, and then I read the um, Doctor Frankenstein, which was like the first Sherlock Sherlock Frankenstein. Frankenstein yeah, yeah, I read that yeah, first yeah, spinoff, yeah. and I've bought the oh, who's the guy that the daughter goes to, Captain Star or something like that, or. Yeah, you saw it used to be Doctor Star. Now it's Doctor Andromeda. Okay. I don't know why. It must have been a lawsuit. Okay, well, or Doc, I, I just purchased the Doctor Star, which is like the next spinoff. So that's that's kind of where I'm mm-hmm. at. So that warms my heart, man. I love it. It's oh, my it's favorite. So it's one of my it's favorites. Excellent. I love it's that good. it's like a straight up superhero book. I don't know, like indie stuff. Often, like it's like, right. well, we're too cool to be, su-, but like this is just like straight up superhero right all right we're really gonna leave (laughs) finish now thanks for listening to the show guys (laughs) talk to you later